the story of my life. No respect. That ain't got no respect at all. The story of my life. No respect. That ain't got no respect at all. They couldn't score and fell flat. And the 40 shots on goal was 40 shots on goal was a little deceiving. Yeah. And even though they had some really good opportunities, surprisingly, they need to play with that intensity. If those last three, four minutes, the Rangers sometimes don't play at their best level against lower-tier teams. Here's Johnny! Nope, this is Ranger Proud, the Ring Podcast with Ranger Proud, here on the Bleed Blue Show. What's going on, Steven? Mr. Ranger Proud, how are you, sir? Well, I am sitting outside in a damn wind monsoon out here, so... <laughs> I might blow away, and that's kind of hard to believe. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Be easy now, be easy. Um, uh, Rain Podcast with Ranger Prop. I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on what happened. Uh, Rangers Twitter, are they at a blaze? What's your thoughts, man? We got everybody on with us. What's your thoughts? Uh, let me tell you, that is a tough question. Uh, we know that... Ranger's Twitter is, is not the most patient group of people in the world. Perfect example today, so how many weeks have they been complaining that the Rangers haven't changed the lineup around to see what else other players can do? Go on, changes the power play, and it was like the total meltdown of all meltdowns today. So I, I'm beginning to uh, not put as much thought into it because you got to change things up. The power play just isn't doing what they're doing. So why not try to practice? But that didn't go too well with Rangers Twitter when uh, what our beat writers were writing it. We can talk about that later. Yeah, most definitely. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's bring everybody on. Let's not waste a minute or a second. Uh, we got Scott with us. We got Lauren with us. We got Glenn with us. We got Carl with us. Let's bring them on one at a time. RP, I'll meet you tonight real quick. Let me get the win out of the background real quick. Scott, say hello to the people. Hey, Scott, give me real quick, if you answer this question in, in like 20 seconds, give me your top five Maryland ter- Terrapins that you bring into the NCAA tournament. Give me your, your starting five. Uh, okay. Well, for uh, our, you, you mean all-time Maryland Terrapins? Yeah, however you want to do it, bro. Where's the Jeff Okay. My, all right. Now, forgive me if uh, if I overlap positions here, but uh, I got to go uh, Len Bias, Joe Smith, Juan Dixon, uh, uh-huh. Grievous Vasquez, and I, there's somebody from the 70s that I'm missing, somebody really good, and I, for some reason the name escapes me, so since I can't think – off uh, off top of my head, I'm gonna go with uh with uh, with Steve Blake to to complete that backcourt with with Juan Dixon. There's my top five. Oh, all right. We already know we're gonna ask for that top five Philadelphia cheesesteaks since you got that game. Yeah, in I'm, Philadelphia gonna, I'm gonna save that for the for the, for the closing remarks. <laughs> Absolutely. You, you, we gotta close the show without. We gotta go out with a bang, man. Let's bring on Lauren. Shout out to Lauren Lauren NYR30 on Twitter. And Lauren was going berserk all week. She's had the fantastic Rangers tweets. What's going on, Lauren? Welcome back. What's up? What's up? Thanks for having me again. What's going on? Oh, I got to get your thoughts. We, RP, Scott, Glenn, Carl, we got to get your thoughts on what the hell happened in Boston. I know you were going berserk all weekend, man. <laughs> it was like a meltdown city, but I loved it, man, as far as your blue shirts and 
especially with the ticket prices and and how they were playing. Yeah. But we'll, we'll, we'll definitely get that. How you doing though? What's good? I'm good. Just working. Um, you know, I went to the Patrick game. Um, you know, home opener, <laughs> if you would call it. But yeah. um, you know, we'll talk about that. But yeah, I'm good. All right, cool. Glenn, happy belated birthday. Cue the music for the birthday boy. Well, happy birthday. <laughs> you said you were going to do that, Steve. Um, yeah, man. Happy yeah, belated, bro. Well, thank you very much. It was a uh, monumental one. I am now the owner of a Medicare card. Um, so uh, that puts me... Uh, at about the proper age for the Rangers to be getting in touch with me over the summer to talk about a free agent contract. Um, so I've still got my Jacques Plant era goalie uh, equipment uh, in the closet somewhere. So if Halak uh, doesn't come back, I think he signed a two-year contract, but if he doesn't come back, uh, I will be willing to sign a, uh, a cap-friendly contract with the Rangers to be Igor's backup. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, shout out to Glenn, and of course, bring on Carl at the C notes on Twitter. I know he's probably thrilled that Ranger Proud and Scott's quarterback got that deal earlier today. But, uh, you know, you know, we'll get his thoughts if you want I to chime in on that. Or I told you, I told you he was going to get paid a number that starts with a four. So that's that's exactly what uh what played out. And as far as the Rangers, I'm just playing out the string right now until the middle of April. So hey. We're just having some fun here these next five weeks. Right. And I de- definitely uh, get your thoughts versus the Senators in the, uh, de- in, the Kane debut- in the Kane's debut and, of course, that Boston game. Well, man, you're talking about a team that's rolling, man. And I, you know, RP, let's go back to you. You can lead the conversation. What the hell happened to Boston? Man? Um, I thought we couldn't handle the um, – the four check by the Bruins. I, we we haven't had that all there. But RP, if you could chime in, I hear the wind in the background. But feel free to you yeah, know, lead the conversation. Here is the interesting thing because I didn't see the game because the daughters had lacrosse. But from reading what they wrote on Twitter and hearing what my dad said, was kind of two different, and what the players said was, was totally different. You know, the Rangers are like, oh, we were battling with them. And, you know, we were keeping up, and it's such a powerhouse team, and, and we played well. And then I read what Twitter had, which was always their drama. But then I went to the source, my father, who, plain and simple, said, they have played the shit out of us again. And I kind of went with that one. Um, just from, you know, stories I read later in the night and, and everything, you know, granted, they're the best team in the league. They only had eight losses on the season. And every team is measuring up to the Boston Bruins. I'm not into these moral victories that we didn't get blown out. I'm into we won the game or we lost the game. And they just right now can't compete with the Bruins. Now maybe when the playoffs come and, and things change a little bit because playoff hockey, you know, as we all know, is always much better than regular season hockey. We'll see what happens. I'm more concerned with where the team goes now that the whole pain, salary cap, suspension, emergency backup crap is all over with. I'm more important where the Rangers start with these three games and four nights starting with the Canadians. So that that's my thing on it. I just, you know, too much was going on. Too much was going on with not a full roster, not your full complement of defensemen, 
you know, yes, there are a lot of factors. But the bottom fact is the Bruins are a better team, though. They're just a better team. They're better than everybody right now. And I, I told you guys, this guys and girls this earlier, the Bruins don't win the Stanley Cup if they beat themselves. They're almost where Colorado was, maybe a little bit better than where Colorado was last year. All right, cool. Um, you want to go to Scott, or you want to bring on Scott uh, RP and get his thoughts on what happened? And sure, we'll go. We'll go around the horn. Scott, uh, agree, disagree? We're in trouble. What are you thinking? No, I'm. I'm. I'm not in panic mode here. Um, I, I, I mean, Lindgren and and um and and Keandre being out is just such a huge dynamic because you know it would probably be better off if if it was. Not, not, you know, knock on one, I don't want Fox injured, but I'm saying if it was a day-to-day situation or a three-game situation, probably be better if it was Fox and Lingreen. Uh, so at least we could keep one of those pairs intact. But you, here you've got the first and second pair that are both, you know, playing with new line mates uh, or n- new pair mates. I mean, we saw in the playoffs last year how just Lingren alone being out completely changed the dynamic of this team. It completely changes Fox's ability to, you, you, you know, to be one hundred, you know, more offensive minded and whatnot. So not only do we missing that on the first pair, we're missing on the second pair. So I got to give him a pass for. Um, uh, you know, for everything from the past uh, few games, uh, be, be, because of this, um, and, and I think the, the, the Bruins game. I don't think they, we were really that dominated. I think you know the, the Rangers were out shooting them like ten to three or something to start the game. Now, of course, uh, you know Bruins got that first goal and it was pretty much deflated them, and it was you know took over after that. But I think we started off good, and if we could have gotten that first goal out of those ten shots, it might have been a different game. But it is what it is. I mean, the Bruins are the Bruins. They are clearly legit. Uh, but I, I don't. I can't really. You know. You know. Again, when when you factor in uh, lingering and 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 Keandre being out, I, I and and we were shorthanded. You know, in terms of personnel, let alone the guys we were missing, we just didn't have the numbers. I think all things considered, it wasn't terrible. Now I will expand on. Um, you know, I went on kind of a tirade last week about the Keandre. Uh, uh, suspension, and now I'm absolutely irate over it. You know, like I had said, in a perfect world, if the NHL could actually get their shit together with, with, with the Department of Player Safety, and if there was any kind of continuity at all, I would have been okay with the three games because of how unsportsmanlike like it was. But, you know, you know, and that was after, uh, you know, we had Marshand uh, – with yet another disciplinary action and no uh, and no suspension for another slew foot, uh, where he dropped a defenseless guy on his head in the middle of the scrum. Uh, now on top of that, we got the the, the guy who who elbowed uh, Tyler Mott in the face. Um, you, you know, nothing, no, no, no fine, no suspension, nothing. I mean, and, and their ruling was that, well, it was the follow through, meaning the first point of contact was the chest. What the hell was he looking at? I mean, and this is a repeat offender. This is a guy who got suspended two games last year for exactly the same thing. So, yeah, if I was a little fired up, um, you know, last week about the about the three games for Keontre, now I'm just absolutely irate over it because the NHL, you know, did it again where they give this guy nothing for, for something he got suspended for last year. I mean, the point of contact was clearly face-first from the elbow, it's not even debatable. What the hell are these people looking at? 
So, yeah, you know, I'm just absolutely furious. I mean, you, you know, and, and that's not taking away from, from how ridiculous what Keandre did, did. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, they, they gave him three games for, for an unsportsmanlike conduct move, which causes zero injury to, to Dowdy at all. Zero. And, and, and when you've got a guys that are going out there trying to hurt players and end their careers, they get nothing. I mean, I'm just absolutely irate over it, but it is what it is. Everybody's back. Uh, hopefully, you know, Lingren, the old, uh, if I said it last week, the old uh, three-week day-to-day with the Rangers, but uh, I know that he was practicing today. I know that Mott was practicing under no-contact jersey, which is good, which means uh, it might not be a concussion after all. And when I saw that, I figured that was guaranteed concussion, so maybe we'll dodge a bullet there. Um, and, you know, I, I think, uh, I don't remember if it was URP or, or, or Steve, whoever just had the mic, who said the three games and four nights is now where we got our guys back. Uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them a pass on everything we've seen to, uh, to now because of, of the, uh, the shorthandedness and the guys that were out that are coming back. Uh, now we're going to see what this team is made out of. Um, it, I, catching the Devils is probably gone. They probably uh, lost that. But as long as we don't sink, uh, you know, slip into one of those wild cards, it is what it is. Uh, and now it's not so much about catching the Devils anymore as it is about this team finding its identity for the playoffs and, uh, God willing, a Stanley Cup run. Yeah, I, I agree with all of that. Um, suspension and all. Um, the thing with Tyler Mott, I, I don't think he's in the, in the clear as much as people believe because the Rangers did use their emergency backup and Brzezinski was called up in practice with the team this morning. I, I'd be surprised if Mott plays in these three games, to tell you the truth. Um, well, we'll just have to see what happens with that. It was good to see him on the ice, but if he was close uh, to it, I don't know if they would use the emergency backup, but I guess they didn't want to go shorthanded again. So, uh, half, six and one, half dozen, the other, we'll just have to wait and see on the weekend. But uh, I did read that he's definitely out for the Canadian game. So we'll see what happens with their back-to-back games uh, at Buffalo and at Pittsburgh. Uh, Glenn, my friend, what's going on? Well, um, I mean, I'll chime in here. I, I, I think the uh, Department of uh, Player Safety and George Paros have been uh, uh, misnamed for a number of years because it, it seems like the decisions that they make, they just kind of take out of, out of thin air. And, you know, like Scott was saying, you can see uh, the same thing two different games and one guy can get nothing and another guy can get suspended. I mean, it's just uh, what the, the decisions that the league makes uh, in terms of that, just uh, there just seems to be no standard and, and nothing that you can, uh, you know, look at a play and say, Oh, this is going to be this, that's going to be that. I mean, that's been for years. So uh, I don't know if that's going to change at all with the new uh, uh, head of the players association, if they're going to, negotiate some things, but it just seems like they're, they're more interested in uh, protecting the offender than they are uh, the victim. So, I mean, that's just been going on for years. The other thing that I thought was kind of confusing when I read it uh, about it was that uh, they, the league wouldn't allow the Rangers to have an emergency call-up because uh, by signing Kane, they did it to themselves. Um, I mean, Yeah, that's correct. I, I think the Rangers are following the rules. That's what the rules are. So then you well, decide that, I mean, did you guys think that was a little crazy? Or, or uh, I mean, I'm not outraged by it, but 
it just seems kind of odd that you can just kind of throw in there. Well, you did it to yourself, so uh, we're not going to allow what the rule says. Well, what do you think, think about they that? that they were afraid. I, I think they did that because they were afraid other teams would do the same thing the Rangers did. And if you think about it, the Rangers didn't appeal it, didn't question it, so I think they knew it was coming, and it sort of made sense. They were cap compliant, and it was their choice to trade for Kane and no longer be cap compliant. So since right. they made that decision to make that deal, why should we grant you an emergency backup now? If it was that important to them, don't make the trade. The, 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 the GM and the, and the teams are making the decisions to uh, make an, you know, grab another player, only have $1,600 in cap, and now you want help from the league, well, then do a better job with, with your salary cap and your trade. So I, I, no one really had a complaint about that from everywhere that I read. I mean, all the teams didn't comment about it. The, the Rangers said absolutely nothing about it. They just went about their business. I, I personally think they, they knew they were going to get it accepted. And just, so, you know, I they guess, gave it a I shot. Mean, the hanky-panky that goes on with salary cap compliance. I mean, you have guys that are on long-term injured reserve that are basically retired and never going to play again. And you can trade them back and forth to, uh, you know, relieve salary of some team or to help a team get to the uh, floor. I mean, I mean, that to me seems just as strange. I mean, you know, you're finding loopholes, obviously, but, you know, if that's part of the rules, then that's part of the rules. So, I mean, I don't know. I kind of disagree with that, but, you know, they got through it. So uh, I guess it doesn't matter now, but. Yeah, Glenn, yeah. Glenn, I'm with you on that um, be, be, because, you know, and, and this is just an extension of the quote-unquote Department of Player Safety about how they, 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 the NHL just refuses to take care of their players. Um, here's the, the, the Rangers did everything right. I mean, yes, you, you could make the argument, yes, of course, they did it to themselves, uh, but the Rangers did everything right. And, and, and I mean, you know, what Drury pulled off, you, you know, with, with, with what's his name, Schneider on the bench but couldn't play. I mean, they literally counted their pennies down to the minute to, to do it right. And then, and they're going to be rewarded by them saying, no, you can't bring up another player. So now all of a sudden you got guys in an already the, the absolute most grueling, um, you know, the most grueling, toughest sport to play. Now you've got guys playing more ice time than they should for, you know, your, your biggest market, your absolute biggest market in the league, make, trying to make a cup, you know, star-studded now, trying to make a Stanley Cup run. Um, you know, use your head. You know, the NHL should be protecting its, its investment you know, by not putting these guys out there and, and risking them even more injury than they normally do by playing shorthanded. I mean, it was mm-hmm. just a stupid decision. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm a little biased because we're Ranger fans, but I just think it was a stupid decision, uh, and the NHL not protecting their own investment by by having the New York team uh, susceptible to injury by having these guys go out there and play with five defensemen uh, when when the NHL could have you know done the right thing and in my opinion done the right thing by granting that emergency. I mean you, you know Glenn and you hit it right on the head. I mean look, look what Tampa did two years ago with uh, with Kucherov and, and the long term right. IR to scare. To Right. skate the cap. I mean, technically, they didn't do anything wrong either. The loophole's there. Expect that loophole to be closed at the next CBA. But, you know, they, they exploited it to their own benefit. So, um, and there's no penalty there. I mean, you know, again, technically, they didn't break the rules. But, I mean, it's not like the Rangers exploited any loopholes. The Rangers literally, like, you know, worked their pennies down to the minute to make it work. And, and, mm-hmm. and, and they're going to be penalized for doing it right. 
You know, um, so yeah, I, I think it's uh, you know that's just just in in two weeks the NHL has just shown how disgraceful uh, and, and ridiculous some of their decision making can be. Yeah, just insightful. We're gonna call it. We're gonna jump on over to you. But let me ask you this: the Rangers, to me, and I don't know if you agree or not, sacrifice five out of eight points because from the 25th of February to the trade deadline, they went. What was it? One, three, and one in in those four games because they were so hyped on on not playing guys because of sending them down to the minors and bringing them up to keep the daily cap. Do you think it was worth it? Do you think it was smart? Do you think they would do it again to to, to get a player that they really wanted, but jeopardizing other players? See, you guys are saying that the Rangers, uh, the league sacrificed other players because the Rangers didn't want to play Carpenter and Schneider. But in my eye, and, and this is what I'm asking Carl, that was the Rangers' decision too. What do you think about that, Carl? That is 100% correct. You know, the Rangers did not have to do the, you know, the dance that they had that they were trying to do for the seven days before the Kane trade happened if they didn't want to. You know, they could have pursued a different player, and this all would have been moot. But because of Kane's salary, all of this dancing had to be done in order to pull this off. Now, weeks ago, I told you guys that, you know, maybe the Rangers could have a quote-unquote well-timed injury and get some salary cap relief. Well, that could have happened had they decided to put Lindgren on LTIR. Now, he would have had to miss, if I have this correct, he would have had to have missed 10 games in 24 days of, of, of service time, which would have allowed the Rangers to have $3 million in cap room, or 2.9 to be exact, through the rest of the regular season, which would have allowed for a lot of this to be sort of smoothened over quicker than it was. But they chose not to do that, and we'll see when you know, he comes back. So the Rangers could have gone a certain route had they wanted to. The Kucherov route, as I described it, or the Patrick Kane route from, from about seven, eight years ago was the route that the Blackhawks took where they were able to acquire players while he was hurt and then be able to have, um, have everybody you know, back for the postseason while sort of skirting around the salary cap. So they could have done both things. Um, I think the Rangers probably could have gone 1-3-1 and one, even had none of this happen. You know, sort of a dog day of the season. That's kind of where they are right now. You know, I remember a couple of weeks ago I told you guys that I did not know how to evaluate any of these games because as you look at still right now, the Rangers aren't going to drop past third, but they're also, at the way this has sort of proceeded, they're not going to really either get to second either. So much like Toronto in the other division, the Rangers are sort of in a position where, you know, it's not as if the Rangers can fight for anything. I mean, they could technically if they really wanted to, to try to make up, you know, the six, seven, eight points that they trail right now, but you know, when you only have X amount of games, the math sort of dictate that, that that's probably not going to happen. And so you sort of go into these games sort of in a, in a, in a way of just kind of managing the game without, I, I don't want to say exerting full effort, but, you know, obviously some teams are fighting for postseason spots, so they have to, you know, exude more uh, on the ice to, to make the playoffs. And, of course, others are trying to hold on to their spots. The Rangers are sort of, are sort of locked in. So, the incentive that, and I think that really has to be now factored in now that we've had a couple of weeks to sort of digest this, 
that with five weeks to go in about what eighteen to twenty games, I think. It's, I think it's nineteen. I think it checks. Someone should check that what the exact number is. I think it's nineteen after tomorrow. You know, what, all of this is just sort of a precursor, and so that's the one thing that I I think we have to um, perspective of. Like you know, we saw the games uh, Thursday and Saturday. You know, one thing I did notice, and I'm sure it was mentioned on the, on the broadcast, I didn't hear much of the audio off, off the top of my head, but, you know, when the Rangers went to the power play, I think they went to the power play four times, the, um, because there has not been any practice time, if you notice now Zabanajad in the middle of the ice, not in his normal position, because you're getting Kane on the ice, and we probably should have talked about this last week as to how you would align the two power play units. You know, that is going to take some time to sort of establish itself. It wasn't as if Kane was just going to show up and the Rangers were just going to take off because, of course, you had the defenseman issue. You had to imp- uh, you know, implement him into the lineup. Where does he best fit? Kane and Panarin basically passing the puck to each other and then, you know, having turnovers left and right because they're just trying to, you know, trying to feed each other. And so all this sort of has to take some time to, to develop. And now you've got, you know, these next five weeks to be able to figure it out and then proceed as, as the postseason, you know, comes about. And, you know, one last thing here. Um, you're never going to get me to justify that spitting in someone's face should be basically zero games. Like, you, that's a very difficult case to make, just on its own. And I just wanted to put that out there, that because this bad behavior happens over here, Therefore, other bad behavior should be excused. Like, I just can't go for that. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I, I, I agree with you on that one. Uh, but, you know, I don't know. Thank God it's over with now. And Miller today said it was a disgusting habit. He sort of took the blame again for it today, which is the mature and right thing to do. Uh, Laura, let me ask you, what have you liked or seen in, in Kane and Panarin? Are they forcing it too much? Do you think they should break them up and, and – Give them a little bit of time to just get acquainted with being teammates again and then put them back, or do they just play through it? So uh, I, don't, I don't know what to do with those lines. I think they, these, um, you know, the, the last stretch of the season, I think they just have to, Galan just has to mix up the lines and, and see what works because, yeah, like the Boston game, I watched, um, you know, the replay of it. And, yeah, they were just passing the puck back and forth. And, you know, in the playoffs, they do that. The other team is just going to go right down the ice and score. Like, it's just not going to be good. And they're kind of the same type of player. I know um, King, you know, is a little bit more of a scorer. But they're just, you know, but I don't know what line would be. I know the power play line, Mika, you, you cannot you cannot disturb Mika. Like, I know the lines today go on uh, in practice. Um, he put Mika on the second power play, but he should really be on the first. I know that's just practice and it's just whatever, but Mika is, like, the most important player on the team. He's a, the best two-way player, um, and we, we just can't disturb him, and I feel like they they have to work that out. Like, he's just important. And Kane, I know, you know, it's his name and everything, but he's coming here into this team. Like, you know, he's, he's not the, the New York Rangers. Like, he has to – he has to, you know, make his way here, and they have to, you know, build chemistry or else in the playoffs. I just don't see – I don't see this is going to be good. But they have time, I think. So hopefully yeah, it will be much better. Just to uh, to let everyone know, today's practice, the first power play was uh, Fox, Panarin, Trocek, Kane, and Lafreniere. And the second unit, this plays normally like 30 seconds, 
was uh, Truba, Zibanejad, Hedo, Tarasenko, and Kreider. Uh, I think they tried that because, uh, as Lauren was saying, Zibanejad hasn't been playing on, on his normal side where he was scoring all those one-timers because he was on the line with Kane. So I think they were just looking at uh, uh, separating that. But but I agree. I think it should – you know what's funny about the power play before we go to these dudes? It hasn't really been clicking a lot. So I had no trouble with the changes. My my bigger problem with that is if you're going to put Zibanejad on power play number two, you better damn well split the, the time of that two-minute mm-hmm. penalty up a lot better than a minute and, you know, 20 seconds and, and 40 mm-hmm. seconds to the other one because now Zibanejad's mm-hmm. not going to be on the ice at all. So I, I agree. I think he was just trying it out to, just to see what it looked like. I, I doubt he's going to go with that tomorrow. I, I'd be surprised. Maybe he'll try it on the on, on the first opportunity, but that's really messing with something that's been working. Even though they're not scoring a lot of goals, Benbanajan on, on that side of the ice, going from the circle as consistently as he has, why would you screw with it with 19 games to go? Uh, what do you think, Steve? Leave well, it as uh, is, break them up, trade them. What are we doing? Well, I'll be real quick because I think you guys said a lot of great points. And first about the safe route with the scenario with the Kucherov game, with the loophole, the tinkering with the salary cap. And I think that's something like Scott said with the CBA, the next one, they're going to close the hell out of that loophole. I just wanted to put my two cents on that. I'm with you on that one, Scott. (laughs) But um, listen. This Panarin Kane thing, if Scott, you know me and you are, we watch a lot of these TV shows and movies, so it feel it felt like I was watching the Mighty Ducks on the ice Wednesday and Saturday, you know, um, you know, with Emilio Estevez, Scott, guys, Carl Lauren, Glenn, felt like uh, Gallant was Gordon Bombay and. Patrick Kane is Charlie Conway. You know what I'm saying? Remember the movie Mighty Ducks from back in the 90s when we were younger? Yeah, like, it felt yeah. like we were force-feeding everything. It felt like we were force-feeding to accommodate Kane. My bigger issue, yeah. and I'm going to put it back on you guys, because this is the question I've been saving since Saturday, since the Bruins game. I'm not necessarily about line changes per se. How do you feel about sacrificing the kid line to getting third-line minutes just to accommodate Patrick Kane in the Panarin connection. Meaning, I believe, since the December 5th, that's the date you guys have been targeting or saying or referencing when the Rangers had a fantastic record, do you believe the kid line should stay as that second line, as that catalyst? Or because, like Carl said, and he's right, and I agree, where we're not going up in the standings, we're not catching Jersey. Like, last week, I thought, once Jersey went to Colorado and Vegas, well, once we falter... Uh, to the uh, Ottawa Senators and playing around with the lineup and upsetting Lauren on Twitter on Wednesday, last Wednesday. It was done, dude. We're not catching We're not catching the rack. So this is the time to experiment, RP. So the question for me to you, bro, the kid line, should they go back to where they were when we were excelling and, and which kind of caught fire? Or are we just going to appease this Tanarin Kane thing, let them be the second line, and try to figure out chemistry the rest of the way. What, that's my question for everybody. Well, I I think, and this is going to sound old school, so I'm sure Glenn's going to appreciate mm-hmm. it. Uh, you have three really solid lines that can all score at one time mm-hmm. or another. You, you you need to go with the hot lines. Now, Hedl. Mm-hmm. Hedl has not scored a goal now, and I think it's at least it's definitely the last five games. 
It might even be longer than that. I'm just trying to look it up as we're talking. Peter has cooled off a little bit. The line has cooled off a little bit. That is not to say they're not productive. They don't keep the other team's offense pinned in their own end and all of that. But on a game-by-game basis, it really lands on Gallant. Who's playing fire tonight? Mm-hmm. Who looks great on the ice? Mm-hmm. See, if you remember a couple of years ago, we, we were saying there was no one, two, three, four lines. The team was balanced all around, and any line at any time could be the number one line. With the three offensive lines they have now, I think he has to go back to that. So if, if the Kane and Panarin is going to continue on the same line and it's just not clicking, then you may have to take a little bit of ice time away from them if Tito's line is on fire or if Krochek's line is playing much better. He has the ability and, and the opportunity to rotate it at his will based on how they're playing without changing the lines up all the time. I wouldn't break up the kids' line, especially going into the playoffs. If they could put a performance on like they did last year, well, why would you even think of breaking them up? It, it, it's not a matter of breaking them up. My question is more so, did you give them second-line minutes that has earned the Rangers back into position to be behind Jersey? If, if they're playing the way they were playing 10 games ago, absolutely. If they're going to go back to when they yeah, were playing that's my question. Yep. before December – yeah, I, I, there's no right or wrong or, or yes or no question. It, it goes by what the ability of each individual line is on that game. He has to be able to see how they're playing in practice. He has to be able to see how a game starts off and then determine that from there. If Tito's line is playing the way we've seen them play, hell, I give them first line minutes. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, you want the winning, you want the goal scored. So I don't think it's a, 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 as simple as yes or no. I think on any given night, guys are hotter or are playing better or not or hurt or whatever the situation may be. Also, let's understand, team needs more time to adjust. You know, everyone says they're pros and it's no big deal. He played in Chicago for 16 years, and now all of a sudden he's wearing the red, white, and blue with Panarin, and it's got to be a shell shock. You know, Tarasenko handled it a little bit differently. He came in and, and was continuing to do what he was doing. Well, let's not forget Kane was struggling a lot during the season. He got hot the last four or five games before the trade. But Kane hasn't been the firecracker, the player that we all known him to be this whole year. So I think people have to give it a little bit more time before they do anything with Kane, you know, taking him off Panarin's line or moving him around or giving him a little bit of less ice time. So, again, in my eyes, this is where Gallant has to earn his money. You know, Drury's done, right? We talked about that last week. The trades are done. Drury mm-hmm. can't do anything else to make this team better. Now he gets to put his feet up and say, okay, boys, show me what you got. Now it's Galante and the coaching staff's time. I agree. What goalies to put in? Hey, that's line, why I asked the question, What am I going to play? Yeah, I mean, but that's kind of the best answer I, I could come up with with that. You've you got to play the hot hand. We, we do it in the playoffs. You do it in, in the third period when you're down a goal or up a goal and you start shortening your bench, you're going to play your hot play or whatever line that may be. And that's what I think he has to start doing now. So if Kane is still struggling and, and you don't want to switch up Panarin and Tarasenko or whatever the few options that he has, well, then, damn it, see if you can get the kid line jumped a little bit more. Because we all know once they get going, they kind of build momentum for the whole team. But right. It, it's, you know, it's, it's each game, brother. It, 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 I understand what you're saying, but you can't just say yes or no. I think he's got to just get one line really going and then hope everybody jump starts and then he'll take it from there. Well, what do you think, Scott? Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that's Scott. Well, game. I'm here for Scott on this. 
Come on. Yeah, you know, I, I, I've been a big, big, big proponent of uh, of that kid line being the second line. Um, you know, I think they earned that time. They and, and RPU said it perfectly. Even though they haven't been putting up the numbers in the last couple of games, they're still making things happen. They're still productive. They're still exciting to watch. And you know, the, the goals are going to come. Now, that being said. Uh, replacing uh, Jimmy VZ, uh on the top six with one Patrick Kane is kind of a game changer there as far as who got from the top six. Now, you know, that, that term top six, um, you know, the, the top two lines and the bottom two lines are kind of like the two groups there. Now, we're, we're a little different with the firepower that we have. We don't really have uh, a top six. We kind of have a top nine. You know, we don't really have a, you know, the, the, the quote-unquote third line. You know, we kind of have a one-and-a-half first lines and one-and-a-half second lines. So it doesn't really matter. And I think now that with these top nine, I think you're going to, you know, the third line, whoever they are, whether it's the kid line or whether it's whatever combination, um, you know, the, from that second line that gets swapped, I think you're going to see the uh, – I think you're going to see more even playing time for, for, you know, between the second and third lines on the Rangers than you would any other team, you know, maybe, maybe Boston you know, might also be in that group because the, you know, their, their third line features Taylor Hall. Um, so yeah, you know, and like you said, it, 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 that's a lot now um, to what he wants to do with, with the firepower that they have, find the combinations. Um, I would, you know, I'm I'm okay with, with with Patrick Kane not coming in here and 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 just you know lighten lighten it up uh, from day one. You know, we didn't get him, uh, you know, to be a superstar in games 62 and 63 of the regular season. We got him uh, to be a superstar come playoff time. I would have liked to have seen, you know, just the things he does with the puck, that that that, that incredible stick handling and puck handling. Haven't really seen flashes of that yet, but you know, let him get let him get comfortable. He's been here two games. It is New York City. It's Broadway. You know, all eyes are on him right now, um, and, and that's saying a lot considering you know we thought uh, you know Tarasenko acquisition was like a, you know a massive superstar acquisition, which it is. Uh, and now on top of that, you know, all eyes are on him. So uh, I'm not worried about it, um, you know, whether or not, you know, may, maybe he and Panarin uh, don't refine the magic. But I think we've got enough talent to go around that if that's not going to happen, I trust in Gallant, um, you know, in, in the past few weeks. Uh, you know, so I, I've given him a lot of praise for, for some of the line changes he made, like that Carolina game, for example, when they were getting crushed and he changed it up. And that's when he first put Panarin with Trocek and Panarin goes out and scores four goals in the last uh, 20 minutes of that game so I'm not worried about it I'm not worried about Patrick Kane I mean uh you know case in point Marty St. Louis comes in at the deadline in 14 he was invisible for the entire regular season you know we were wondering like what the hell did we just do uh you know swapping Callahan for him and then all of a sudden the playoffs start and it's pretty much uh you know St. Louis and, and, and Broussard were, were hands down our two best players uh you know other than our goalie of course um so I'm not worried about it. Again, we didn't get him, uh, you know, to be a superstar with 20 games to go in the regular season. You know, let him find his game. We'll find we'll find the chemistry that works. I'm not worried about it. Um, and whatever comes uh, playoff time in terms of the lines, um, you know, like I said earlier, um, whether we catch the Devils or not, you know, so be it. Um, it's all about finding the identity now. I, I definitely want to get hot 
sooner than later and and know that you know okay we're going to start I want I want this team to start whooping some ass like they were on that seven game streak like they have been since that uh, you know that that December fifth day I want to refine that magic obviously um, and and then just ride it into the playoffs uh, I do want to answer RPS question earlier I didn't get to answer it was a great question about how they did leave those points on the table um, you know by playing shorthanded to to acquire Kane was it worth it uh, great question. Hard to judge at this point because, again, uh, you know, they were in a good position to do so. Um, you know, Rangers-Devils first round is all but guaranteed. So it's not like they're fighting for their playoff lives and took a big gamble there and rolled the dice. They basically rolled the dice on home ice advantage in that first round. Um, and, you know, it's too hard to say at this point whether it was worth it. If they win the Stanley Cup, it was worth it. Uh, if if they have a great playoff run and re-sign Patrick Kane, and Patrick Kane, you know, shows that he's, you know, got enough left in the tank for another, you know, two years at that level of, of, of Patrick Kane-ness that we got, then yes, it was worth it. So it's definitely cannot too early to 100% say it was worth it, but definitely cannot at this point say it was not worth it. Um, I mean, if if they get bounced in the first round and Patrick Kane walks and goes back somewhere else to finish his career, then obviously not worth it. But, um, you know, it's a wait and see thing because again, you know, they, they, they didn't, uh, they didn't, they're not fighting for their playoff lives. They're, they're basically, you know, they know who they're going to play in the first round. If we do, you know, because of those points left on the table, if we do end up falling into a wild card, well, we got much, much bigger problems, uh, you know, than just those points. That means, you know, in addition to those points, the collapse would have continued and gone right through the end of the season. And that's a major problem. So I'm not worth realistic. Speaking, I'm not worried about uh, you know any of the, the Islanders or, or Pittsburgh or any of those teams. I'm not worried about them catching the Rangers again. If it does happen, then this season was just not meant to be, and we know that when the playoffs start. So, uh, for all intents and purposes, it's Rangers Devils. We sacrificed that were at best or at worst, we sacrificed the shot to, to catch the Devils, and if whatever happens, uh, you know after game 82, then we'll know if it was worth it. Right. That and, was only two points on, behind it, right now. Only, yeah, so Carolina can, it can be Rangers, Carolina. I was just looking oh, at that. Oh, yeah, good point. Tennessee. Okay, let, let, but, but you want to know let, me, let me rephrase that. We're, we're definitely going to be the three <laughs> seed. Uh, you know, who we play, I forgot, the Devils can actually catch Carolina, so, uh, uh, yeah, so, but, but we're not going any lower than three, realistically speaking. Glenn, on the topic of lines that, that Steven mentioned with his question, in there, let me know what you think. How important is practice? Because I'm reading here, and with all the hoopla and all, today was the first time Kane practiced with the club. Do mm-hmm. you think that helps him get him a little bit more like on the ice and relax without the hoopla? Well, hey, Glenn, also I, I have doubt. a question for I mean, you as well behind RP. If you don't mind, yeah. if I can squeeze in my question, if you can answer, Glenn, uh, if we play Jersey, because um, when we played the Devils in the playoffs years ago, you know, in the '90s, did the Rangers remember? Did the Rangers treat it like a traditional road game? Like the players, did they actually stay in hotels? Did they sleep in their own beds? Because you, know, you mm-hmm. remember the glory years. If you could, um, how would the Rangers treat it if they were to play Jersey? That's my quick question after, after you answer our piece. Wow, okay, yeah, um, guy yeah, old, damn. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that a little bit, Steve. Yeah, the the as far as I could find out, the Rangers did uh, you know, stay in their own homes. 
uh, practice either at the garden or uh, in their uh, uh, training facility, wherever they were, uh, and just uh, uh, got on a bus at the garden and bussed over to Jersey for the uh, for the away games. So uh, what I was able to find out, you know, just from reading some old articles and things like that, um, the Rangers did not treat the Jersey series as if it was an away series. Uh, they just uh, did whatever they did normally and then just went over and uh, caught a bus at the Garden over to uh, to Jersey for the games. Um, I did mention to you, though, uh, back then that uh, between games six and seven of the finals, after the Rangers had lost game four and five, uh, Keenan wanted to keep the team away from the media and wanted them to practice up in uh, Lake Placid to stay away from the city. And uh, Messier... Uh, wanted nothing to do with that. He told him, nope, we're going to, you know, as he said, for those whole playoffs and the whole season, we're going to face the Dragon. We're going to you know, take it on, and we're not going to go run and hide somewhere. So that was an interesting part of, of what happened between game six and seven of the finals that year. Um, getting back to what RP said, um, yeah, I think it's interesting that we spent the better part of five months talking about uh, the hole that we had uh, at right wing. And now that we've filled it, we're talking about all the issues that it's causing. Um, uh, as far as Kane goes, to me, especially in the Ottawa game, uh, he kind of looked confused, like he didn't know where to be. Um, I thought that Pranarin and Kane both were looking for each other a bit too much. Um, and uh, I just kind of blew that off as, hey, you know, you're throwing a guy in there right on the top line, on the top uh, power play unit, uh, I mean, of course, he's not going to have time to to understand the system that they're trying to run and what they're trying to do. So I think these four days that they're off are coming really at the right time. Um, I, I expect to see a lot different team out there uh, once they start playing again on Thursday night. Um, I, I think it's, it's, they're going to look a lot more solid. Um, I'm right now for keeping Kane with Panarin, and we've got enough time to see if they can recapture that magic. Um, if they can't, then yeah, we can fill around a little bit, you know, but, but I think what I said, uh, last week was now this team is going to really be a, a, a nightmare matchup for teams, uh, not only for the rest of the regular season, but in the playoffs when, you know, you're playing a team six or seven times and you've got time to, to game plan against the other team and kind of evaluate what happens from game to game. Uh, and I agree with uh, what RP was saying that, um, you know, you play the hot hand. I mean, to me, coaches going way back uh, are going to give ice time to whoever is, is playing well. And that could change from game to game. It could change from period to period. Uh, you know, so uh, I, I think no matter what, of the, what player, what line of the first three that they send out there, uh, the other team is going to have to decide who – who they want to match up with. And I think that's going to create opportunities for whatever line might be playing against. Uh, I mean, it's hard to say there's a, a lesser line on some of these teams in the East because they all stocked up. But uh, I think that, uh, you know, the, the, the fact that this team has four solid lines, they have great depth. And I think that's going to come forth in the playoffs when teams are trying to match up with this line or that line. I think it's going to open up opportunities for another line. And I think with uh, these four days, a couple of days of practice, uh, whatever practice time they have between now and the end of the season, uh, I think Kane is going to fit right in. I mean, don't forget, 
you know, they also picked up these guys uh, not just for the uh, regular season, Tarasenko and, and Kane. These guys both have a very good track record uh, in the playoffs as well. So I'm really not worried. I'm taking last week and just, like, throwing it out because, you know, you had everything going on with the you're playing short, you don't have Lindgren, you don't have Keandre, uh, you're throwing Kane out there. I mean, there was just so much going on last week that I'm just throwing that out. And I'm looking forward to seeing where we go uh, from here starting on Thursday. And I think it's going to be good. I think we're going to be happy with what we see. All right. That's good. Now, we're getting close to final thoughts, but I have a question for Carl and for Lauren. And then we're going to roll on the final thoughts because this hour flies by so quick. But really quick, Carl and Lauren, the Rangers have 19 games remaining at 79 points. Are you more concerned with them holding, catching either – the Devils, which I doubt, or, or, or Carolina, or are you more concerned with the Islanders, who are seven points behind us and right now are scoreless in the second period against the Stavers? A win tonight will put them five points behind us. Call? I would say the former because with the, with the Rangers and the Islanders not having another game against each other the rest of the way, the only way this would be able – it would be different if there was a head-to-head where you know it could be a swing – of points in either direction, but because that's not in play, essentially the Rangers would have to lose enough games and the Islanders would have to win enough games to make all that math work. So, no, I, I would not be um, overly concerned with the Islanders overtaking uh, the Rangers. But to your point on the 19 games issue, and th- I was looking at this because you guys were talking about the practice. The Rangers are not going to have very many practices the rest of the season. Um, after this stretch here, uh, I believe there's only two. If I'm looking at the, I believe there's only one other time the rest of the season, or two times the rest of the season, in which they have more than one day off between games. So the practice time that's going to be available that we're thinking to kind of get guys sort of, you know, adjusted to each other is not going to exist. Essentially, practice time is going to exist basically during games. During mm-hmm. So the rest of the, the night is right. basically what's going to happen. So that is something that, we, you know, we're, as we look at here, and we're trying to say, hey, these guys need to get a, you know, figure, this out, figure themselves out, get used to playing with each other. All, it's really just going to happen sort of under fire in real time. So that's something that, you know, we have to sort of look at. And if you sort of play this out further than that, and this will be my final thought, you know, after the Rangers are basically going to be playing every other day from now until the end of the season. And then after those, you know, two days or so before the postseason, you're basically going every other day through June, you know, if the Rangers can get that far, unless you've got plans on ending some of these series early. But as we saw last year, if you're going to play 20 games in 40 days, plus 19 games in 36 days, that's what, 30, that's what, 39 games in 75 days, if I have that somewhat correct? Like, that's, that, that is a, a lot, lot of games and a, and mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of mileage. Yeah. That you don't you get, that's going to be very very hard when you also factor in injuries and such like that. So, and also this year, I think we talked about this last year. You know, a lot of talk was made about how the Rangers um, had a little extra juice when they, when they were playing home games at the Garden. Well, this time around, to get where they want to go, at least through the first three rounds, all of this, unless there's a break. In, in an upset is all going to happen on the road. Um, 
they didn't pl- perform very well on the road except for one or two big games um, in that postseason. I would not want to rely on having to, you know, you, you go 2-8 and eight on the road this time, you're not going anywhere. So right. getting that straightened out is something that's going to be a big factor in whether or not the Rangers, you know, proceed to do what they want to do this season. Right. And, and Lauren, what do you think? And then you could you could just jump right onto your final thoughts too, Lauren. Knock it all out in one shot. Yeah, so um, I'm looking at the standings and everything, and I don't think the Islanders or the or Pittsburgh, um, I don't think the Islanders are going to catch the Rangers. I was reading a stat, um, well, not a stat, like a, someone posted something on Twitter. Like the ring, okay, so the Rangers would have to, in the ne- uh, next 19 games, the Rangers would have to go 10, 8, and 1. And the Islander, if the Islanders go 13, 3, and 1, the Rangers would finish with 100 points and the Islanders would finish with 99. So I don't think that, wow. I mean, the you never know. The Rangers might go ten and eight and one, but I don't think the Islanders are going to go thirteen and three. So I'm not worried about that. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Rangers are just going to finish third, and you know either they'll play Carolina or the Devils. Um, we'll see how that goes. So um, yeah, I think that's my uh, yeah. And then the Penguins they're losing now to Columbus, and I think I just read the four one. So you know um, they're not good either but um my final thoughts um you know i think a lot of good points were made um and i do think uh, i wanted to talk about before the league does need to really tighten up some of of the areas like what you know what is you know what is a a hit that's going to cause a suspension or what is goalie interference what is it you know a a kick Mm -hmm. that results in a goal like they really need to tighten all these things up and um you know because you look at the replay, you hear, like, Sam Rosen and Joe McLeod, oh, no, it's no goal, or it's, you know, no, that's goal interference. And then all of a sudden the rest is something opposite. So I think the league really needs to really, you know, um, tighten those areas up. And I think um, with Patrick Kane, you know, we just have to wait and see. But I, I have a feeling he'll be fine. So excited for the game on Thursday and the, and the games this weekend just to see what he can do. Uh, all right. Thanks, Lauren. All right, Scott. I'm putting you on the clock, buddy. You got two minutes because we're running tight, and we got to get back to our buddy Steve. Uh, what's okay, the two up, minutes. Top five cheese sticks, too. Top five cheese sticks, minutes. Two, man. Don't forget. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I got you, Steve. You know, I got it. All right. First of all, I don't see the Islanders catching us. Not only are we uh, seven points up, we also have two games in hand. They they're they're a slightly above 500 team, and I think hopefully I'm going to hope that the Rangers, with what we've seen from the last two weeks is not the real Ranger team. I think the team that we've seen before that is the real Ranger team. Uh, they're going to find their legs again, and I don't I don't see the Islanders or Penguins being, being um, uh, you know, catching the Rangers. I really don't. I think we're a better, far better team than both of them. So here it is, Steve, for you, buddy. The top five Philadelphia cheesesteaks that I have ever had. <laughs> Just a quick disclaimer, I have never been to Pat's or Gino's uh, because all the locals I ask say that they're both for tourists, so the two most famous places I have not been – and all of my cheesesteaks are based on the way that I get them, uh, sautéed onions, sweet peppers, and cheese whiz, uh, and hot sauce. That's how I get them. That's the only way I get them. So 
Here it is, number five, Oregon Stakes, which is right outside the stadium. I actually discovered yep. that place by accident. I was at a Mets, uh, I was at a Mets Phillies game that went like sixteen innings, and we basically just Googled twenty four hour cheesesteaks that were closest, and you know, sure enough, we found the gem. Uh, number four, <laughs> Tony Luke's, uh, Glenn Steve. That is where we went earlier in the year. Uh, don't be put off by it only being number four. I mean, it's just the city of cheesesteaks. It's just everything is great. Uh, number three is Phillips. Uh, that's a famous place. I finally got done last year. I was very impressed. Uh, number two is Talk of the Town. That's my hidden gem that my Philly friend turned me on to about uh, 15 years ago. It's right off the highway. There's a gas station on the corner. Uh, it's not in the gas station. It's not like a gas station cheesesteak. It just shares a parking lot <laughs> with that gas station uh, right on right on uh, Broad Street. And uh, having finally gotten it done last week, instant number one, uh, Delisandro's has uh, mm-hmm. instantly climbed into the one spot, finally got it done last week. And the reason why I put that above all others is because that's the only time where I ever completely finished a cheesesteak and actually contemplated getting another one on the spot. Didn't do it, but thought about it, and usually I'm just like, oh, God, that was so good, but let me go throw up. It wasn't the case. So there it is, Steve. There's the top five world premiere. (laughs) They're just giving away diabetes. They get a time, Glenn, to go for it. Well, uh, Scott, I don't know if I can follow that up. Uh, I'm, I'm glad, though, that because uh, you were touting D'Alessandro's when we went to, to the uh, Florida game. And so sometimes when you put a place on a pedestal, you know, you wind up being disappointed. So I'm glad that it came through for you. Uh, you said it was going to be the best, and, and it was. So good for you. As far as final thoughts, I mean, the things I'm going to be looking at this week uh, are obviously, you know, how Kane fits in, how comfortable he seems to be. Um, but again, you know, this team's got a little bit of work to do. And the things I'm going to be looking at are, uh, the power play. Can they get this power play to finally click, uh, team defense, not just the uh, defenseman, but, uh, just the whole defensive structure of the, uh, the forwards and the defenseman and playing together. And then, uh, for me, the, 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 the last one is Igor. I mean, I want to see Igor, uh, you know, we're not expecting what he did last year, but, uh, he just doesn't seem comfortable. He makes great saves. Yeah. He does. Uh, but for some reason, I mean, I'm seeing it that he seems to be going down a little early and committing. He, he seems to get, be getting beat over the, uh, over the left shoulder above the glove. Um, you know, so I'm sure they're noticing that too. And, and I'm going to be watching these closely between now and next Tuesday. Maybe we can talk about that. Uh, so those are the things that I'm going to be focusing on. Uh, after they have this practice now, see how things start to sell when we get, uh, you know, all the players that were sitting out back. Uh, we get Kane a little more comfortable and involved. And, uh, you know, just kind of we finally have a full team again uh, and just see, you know, what Gallant does with everybody and, and how everything goes. So that's something for me to look at between now and next Tuesday. All right. Thank you, Glenn. Steve, my brother, what you got for me? Hey, did you get Carl up or not? Or maybe not. Well, I thought Carl said something. We'll, we'll get the call. So go ahead. No, no, you. Oh, did you? Uh, oh, okay. I, I'm I, good. I, oh, okay. I, I just wanted good? to make sure. Um, listen, uh, as far as I think we're going to stay at three uh, within the division. Next three out of four. I mean, win three out of four, getting two points. So let's say at least six points out of eight. Uh, and then 
I think we should be fine. Uh, have game, however you split the Sabres and the Pens game, and then get that Capitals game. So we'll be on. RP, we're losing that 8 p.m. slot next week, man. We got a post game versus the Capitals immediately after the game. So that's my final thought, man. I'll pass it back to you, man. Uh, well, I got to tell you, Carl, I'll, just to tell you, I'd have no trouble with the Rangers being the Road Warriors. Only eight Road Warriors all year. They seem to play better and, and more as a team when they're on the road with that mentality. So where they wind up, if you want to get to the Stanley Cup, you, you know, you kind of have your own destiny with the regular season. And if it's a Road Warrior kind of playoffs, then I'm all for it. Uh, follow me on Ranger Proud, for the Blue Shirts, Empire Sports Media. I've been writing a lot. Thanks for all the support and all the shares. I, I really appreciate it. And uh, patience. It's hard. We, it's been a weird season. I, I Stay off Rangers' Twitter because those guys are a nightmare right now. Let me tell you, it's going to be an interesting 19 games of Ranger Proud arguing with everybody, but I, I have fun with it. So you guys chime in when you can because I need a little backup once in a while, okay, people? It gets a little rough out there. And, uh, <laughs> hey, you got Lauren on your side. You got Scott on your side. It's going to be a duplicate. I need, I, need King, right, well. I, need, I need my stack guy. I need my stack guy call once in a while <laughs> just to plug something in it. These guys have just been, they have just been vicious lately. Uh, and they haven't even been critiquing my articles, which tells you they're not even looking at it. They're just concerned with I've the, the lines. Uh, uh, Ranger Proud. So in case of emergency, <laughs> break open glass. That's what I need. If, if you've got a problem, go talk to Carl. That, that's why I'm going to change my, my profile on Twitter. Stupid call because I'm, I'm getting beat up a little <laughs> too much here right now. It's fun, but sometimes I... I find myself at work like two hours later. My boss is like, are you doing anything? Of course I'm doing. I'm fighting with people. I'm not going for work. So I've got to, got to be careful here. So, But anyway, <laughs> uh, we'll, see you guys on, uh, we'll see you guys on next Tuesday. Yeah, immediately after the game versus the Caps, guys. See you later. Leave blue. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Blue, 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 blue,